Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, happy Thursday. What's going on? This is Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, where we cover the news of the day, pop culture, and so much more with fun music in between right here on Channel Q. And uh, Ryan is wearing a beautiful zebra shirt. Okay, so is it zebra? I, it is. I, I, did, I could what, not what tell what kind of this animal print was. You thought it was like a leopard? That Our, is very obviously zebra. Yeah, I just never really realized. I couldn't ever figure it out, to be honest. I, and I just, after the first time, I just was like, oh, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to wear it. But a zebra, it is. Zebras are, but it's blue and white. That's why I say it's not a zebra. It could be colored because of fashion. It's not like it's an actual zebra. Oh, my <laughs> and Shira got her eyebrows done. I do. And it, it's, <laughs> you know, I went to <laughs> I went to one of these places and they uh, style it, but then it's just amazing how much thicker they are. And you're like, you're a different person. <laughs> like, I, I should have done a before and after. I looked at Shira when I walked in and like, I was like, it's like I slowly turned my head being like, did you do your eyebrows? It's like when they, you know, on TikTok, they have parents that put eyebrows on their babies. Oh. Oh God, that's which is awful. weird. But it's oh. like that where out of nowhere it's like a different person. You're like, who is that that I'm looking at? <laughs> well, I've just never seen you so groomed. I'm starting. I'm back out of post pandemic grooming is happening right now. <laughs> oh. Oh, if you want to see it, uh, producer Vanessa is so great. You know, producer Vanessa sometimes just, just needs to hop on the mic. Yeah, just get on the mic. She's um, like trying to talk to us. Producer like, Vanessa said, if you want to see Shira's new eyebrows <laughs> in my, I guess, zebra print shirt, head over oh. to LGC Show at uh, social on Twitter, on Instagram, all that good stuff, and we'll post it there. Just yep. follow us, honey. We like talking to y'all on there. We really do. That's true. Coming up on the show, uh, we're going to be talking about sex toys for people with disabilities at 4.35 p.m. Pacific, 7.35 p.m. Eastern. Plus, Ara Larson stopped by Ch- Channel Q earlier today to talk about what she's up to for Pride. That's exciting. Yes. So we'll be uh, bringing that to y'all later in the show as well. I think Zara was the first celebrity who ever followed me on Instagram. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and we because of our love for in uh, our love for Beyonce, it's oh. true. Yeah, it happened, and we DM'd several times, but she's never Look been on the show you. here. But she's been what on the, the show. I saw Come saying. on, it's fine. It's whatever. I'm not holding grudges. Holding a grudge. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden shared more about the U.S.'s plans to purchase and globally distribute 500 million vaccine doses. States is providing these half million doses with no strings attached. Let me say it again, with no strings attached. Our vaccine donations don't include pressure for favors or potential concessions. We're doing this to save lives, to end this pandemic. That's it, period. No favors, folks. This is real human helping, right? (laughs) We care about other people. Real human helping. (laughs) Now, Three days before the fifth anniversary of the attack on Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, the U.S. Senate unanimously passed legislation designating the site of the gay club a national memorial. It will now go to Biden to sign into law. All right. Mm -hmm. And the National Geographic announced that it is officially recognizing the body of water surrounding the Antarctic as the Earth's fifth ocean, the Southern Ocean. I told you, Ryan, we're living through history. Wait, you're saying they just announced a fifth ocean. Oh, so there is. Okay, let's name the four that were already there: Pacific, Atlantic. What's the other one? I have them here, but continue. (laughs) Pacific, Atlantic, and oh, I don't know the other ones. What's the other ones? Indian and Arctic oceans, which I don't think I would have guessed that either. Unfortunately, Indian and Arctic oceans. First of all, they need to change that word "Indian" because it feels a little dated and racist. Yeah, I think it's because it's around India. 
See, I think. Let me show When you're too woke. <laughs> no, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag too woke. Indian, uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's it's bounded by Asia to the north and Africa to the west. Australia oh, okay, so, so it's over there. Okay, all, yeah. right, all right, it's fine. So I don't think they, What's yeah, the they fifth just one called, called it that for- no Let's just move on. So, uh, Southern Ocean now. Southern Ocean. Shout yeah. out to all the people from the South. We got our own ocean, folks. Yeah. Is yeah. that where the Florida? It's surrounding the Antarctic. Oh, well, I'm not that South. Yes. Shout out to Sarah Palin. No, she, that's Alaska. Never no, mind. Let's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Caitlyn Jenner was on The View, and honey, the ladies let her have it. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, while appearing on The View, the Olympic champion dodged questions over whether Donald Trump won the 2020 presidential election. Here is the exchange with the one and only, my fave, Joy Behar and Caitlyn Jenner. Republicans in this country believe that Donald Trump won the election and not Joe Biden. Are you one of those people, one of those Republicans? Uh, I'm not going to get into that. That election is over with. I think Donald Trump did do some good things. And what I liked about Donald Trump is he but was did a he disruptor. Win? But did he win but the he election? Was, but he was, he was a disruptor when he was president. I want to do the same thing. I want to go in and be a thoughtful disruptor in Sacramento. We need to change the oh. system. And I want to change that system for the public. Can we ban the word disruptor? It's like the worst word I've ever heard in my entire life. My thing is, I, I can't wait to watch this full interview. I was going to watch it this morning, but instead I decided to watch Legendary on HBO Max. Um, but yeah, Caitlyn Jenner, were you prepared to go on The View? Not sure. Yeah, that was awkward. It's like, way to dodge the question. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing for her. But, you know, I, I'd rather her to continue to embarrass herself because uh, she deserved it. Producer Vanessa, do you have the, the uh, I want to do a giveaway while I'm wrapping up my, not giveaway, but the food pantry. A reminder to be a good human. Yes. Uh, so that was your team report. Your pop culture story is trending right now. But before we get, get up out of here, during Pride Month, Ralph's and Food for Less are partnering with Channel Q and the Los Angeles LGBT Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need. So please text FRIDGE to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBT Pride Pantry. You know, the donations are going to be doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less. So guess what? Even if you give, you know, a, a little bit of money, guess what? We're going to be taking Ralph's and Food for Less money and donating it to a good cause. $25 to the Los Angeles LGBT Center Pride Pantry could provide an entire week's worth of groceries. So help us fill the fridge by texting FRIDGE, F-R-I-D-G-E, to 20357 to donate. Do it right now. And honey, I am finished here until next hour. Well, uh, next up on the show, candidate Biden said he'd overturn the Pentagon ban on pride flags. So will President Biden do it? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Last year, the Pentagon instituted a ban on unofficial flags aimed at Confederate flags on military bases. The ban, though, also covered pride flags, which isn't surprising considering this was done under a Trump administration. But then candidate Joe Biden promised that he would overturn the ban on pride flags specifically if he was elected. But last Friday, once again, the Pentagon announced that it was keeping the ban on pride flags in place. So is uh, Biden not following through on his promise? Well, joining us right now is John Gallagher, political correspondent for LGBTQ Nation. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, why hasn't Biden been able to figure this out? Couldn't he just intervene? So that's a really good question. Um, I'd say there are a couple of things happening. Um, One is, you know, he is obviously in Europe right now and obviously occupied on other issues. I think it's sort of an indication of, you know, in the ranking of important issues that, you know, the way the White House ranks it, you know, where LGBTQ issues fall. Um, It's it's really it's really unfortunate. I'm waiting to hear. I've asked for a request. Uh, comment from the White House. I haven't gotten any response yet. Well, I think what's also kind of the reason why so much attention is on this is that it also coincided with the Department of Justice announcing that it would defend Christian schools accused of anti-LGBTQ plus biases. So it, I, I could only imagine that activists in the space are going are really putting the pressure on the Biden administration to do something and quickly because I continue to call out the bare minimum of just being like, oh, 
we love you, Pride, and, and changing the colors of the White House to Pride and, and raising the Pride flag and all these kind of bare minimum like things. But uh, how how much pressure are we seeing Biden kind of experience from activists on the space right now, especially about this? So I would say, you know, there's obviously, you know, pressure and people are unhappy, um, including people, I am sure, who is within the administration um, about the policy. But it does sort of highlight this, you know, sort of strange um, split within the administration in terms of, you know, what do you do versus what do you say? So actually, just a little while ago, the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, came out with a perfectly lovely statement. He made it himself about the importance of pride and the importance of having LGBTQ troops, um, which is great. But there's no word about the pride flag. So, you know, there is always the issue of um, lip service versus action. And I think that's certainly some one thing we're seeing here. Yeah. And also, like, how could the Department of Justice do that? if it's under an inclusive Biden administration? Is it because it's more right-leaning? So um, my sense of that issue in particular is that they think there is a particular legal issue that's at stake there that they want to litigate, not so much that they want to go out of their way to defend um, uh, bigoted schools. Um, but it's often the case in law is just the, the cases that get litigated um, often have an, un, have an unfortunate smell about them. And I think this is one of them. I don't quite understand why they decided to go to the map on that particular case, but they did. And it's over a legal principle, I think, more than anything else. But the, the way it looks is really bad. And the fact that they did that during Pride Month is particularly upsetting yeah so if the president actually does kind of intervene do you think this would really send a strong message where it needs to to the obviously our community and the the pentagon as well um yeah absolutely i mean i think it would i think it would show them who's the boss i mean as a candidate you know joe biden said this has to go well you know he's the commander-in-chief now he can make that call and so you know he he really should it's not a particularly hard one to make and you know really as you said at the in the introduction the whole impetus of this policy was to ban the confederate flag and because of all the racist implications that everything racist it represents but you know the trump administration being who it is thought well let's catch a couple of other things with it. And so it's kind of, they wanted to look even handed. So we're not just going to ban racists. We're going to, you know, we're going to ban people they consider on the left, LGBTQ people. So that's really where that came from. Why the current Pentagon would decide to uphold that, um, not entirely clear. But the Pentagon's never been known for being a transparent organization. Definitely. Well, hopefully he steps in because, as you mentioned, it is a bad look. Uh, That was John Gallagher, political correspondent for LGBTQ Nation. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Coming up on the show, the results are in how lockdown states did versus looser states economically. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So did lockdown states like California and New York perform better economically than so-called looser states like Florida during the 2020 pandemic? Well, joining us right now is economist Jerry Nicholsberg, the director of the UCLA Anderson Forecast. Thanks for being here. Oh, Oh, there you are. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? (laughs) Uh, Now we do. Yes. Great. Oh, great. Uh, So this is interesting. This is interesting because it's it feels like there's a a feeling like the states that opened up more quickly and that loosened their regulations that they've done better. Is that really the case? When when we look at it across all states and and in particular, you know, if we're looking at large states, significant states, uh, we find that that's not the case. Uh, now, it's also not the case that New York did better than Texas and Florida, in fact, didn't. Uh, but what we were looking for was uh, what is the veracity of this idea that states that engaged in more stringent public health restrictions were killing off their economies. And what we found was that just wasn't true. 
that uh, that you couldn't find a any systematic difference between states with stringent uh, interventions and states with very easy interventions. And on average, states with stringent interventions tend to be tended to be states that did better economically, but not all, not all states. There are other factors involved. Yeah, because now that we have this data, I was wondering, could you walk us through how you even gather that data? Because couldn't some states just have been more prepared than other states to kind of weather, like, or be, you know, weather a pandemic in some sorts? Like, what really goes into this data and how would y'all pull it together? Well, I think that's right. It is actually quite complicated. And, you know, if we think of the state of New York, and in particular New York City, uh, it was hit very hard in the first wave and, and perhaps didn't understand, uh, you know, from a public health perspective, how uh, virulent this pathogen was going to be. But, you know, let's start with Scandinavia. We At the beginning of the pandemic, there was the Swedish model where everyone made their choices and uh, and the Norwegian, Finn, and uh, Denmark model where you had stringent interventions in the closing of businesses. Now that we look back at 2020, Denmark, Finland, and Norway did at least as well as Sweden economically and much better in terms of health outcomes. If you look across states in the U.S., you find exactly the same pattern. Uh, and, and so what we're doing is we're looking to see uh, kind of at that first order, you know, is anything jump out at you that uh, states with stringent interventions are doing markedly worse. And, and, and in fact, we find that's just not the case, that, um, that, that in fact they get on average better health outcomes and they did better economically. Uh, so do folks like Governor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis look at the work you do and go, oh, okay, so I shouldn't be making these assumptions or it doesn't even matter. Like who, who actually gets to read some of this data and implement to, into their practices or how they communicate with the world? So I'm an economist and I study data and I don't study politicians. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I, yeah, I mean, steer clear. You probably made the right decision with your life. Well, <laughs> well now that we're in 2021, do you, do you think that we'll start to see that data be the same? It, it, because I, I think it's interesting as, you know, California, we're still, there's still certain restrictions here. And and Florida just feels like it is wide open. And so I wonder, do you think we'll see the same things that you found in 2020 in like in 2021? So we, you know, we don't do a a forecast or any detailed studies of Florida or Texas or Mississippi. We, but we do study California and our expectation and the U S in total. And our expectation is that California will continue as it has over the past decade, to grow faster than the U.S. That's really being driven, and this speaks to an earlier question, uh, by the fact that California has a very large technology industry, and and that's one of the big growth industries, big growth areas uh, in the United States and indeed in the world uh, of this century. So now looking back, and I know you're not a politician, but uh, where could you see I guess, um, a different approach in the future by what we learned that was done? I mean, is there any hypotheses or theories that come out of this now? Uh, well, one, one of the hypotheses that comes out of it is, is the negation of the hypothesis that there really is a trade-off between economic outcomes and, uh, and public health outcomes. Uh, but we, what we know from states such as California in New York and Washington uh, is that when you do have public health measures uh, such as the closure of businesses, that hurts the people who are in those businesses. And that, uh, you know, if you, if we have a pandemic, which is, uh, you know, presumably certainly in the history of pandemics, a limited time event, it suggests a policy to help those who are, really sacrificing their jobs for the greater good for the public health outcome. Definitely. Well, that was economist Jerry Nicholsberg, the director of the UCLA Anderson Forecast. Thanks again for being with us. My pleasure.
Coming up, a cicada flew on Biden's neck, and now QAnon has a wild theory about it. That's next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's been six months since QAnon posted their last message by the anonymous creator of QAnon known as Q. Can I make an announcement? Mm Mm-hmm. I am Q. Wow. What I, if it was someone like that was super liberal? Yeah. And no. they were like the person <laughs> totally. behind it. Like that would be shocking. We would it never be? found out. I wonder if we did find out the identity of Q. It's like, would they get like any type of um like legal ramification? Like would they have to like would they get arrested or like it's Probably. so big at this point? I mean, because they instigated it. I feel like it's gonna be made into a Can you have a jail for instigating though? I think if I don't, we should well, get mean, a legal person. It did on. incite a riot. Yeah, if you're like connected to that, and if you created this space, it's just like platforms being held responsible. Yeah, I don't know, but there's actually this We the Media Telegram channel. It has over 225,000 followers and is operated by a group of the biggest QAnon influencers. Of course, they've been kicked off every other platform. Well, the latest conspiracy theory they seem to be sharing involves the cicada. That landed on President Joe Biden's neck. Gross. So there was a video captured yesterday on the tarmac of Joint Base Andrews. And Biden got the cicada on his neck. He just pushed it away as he waited to board Air Force One to fly to the UK for his first overseas trip as president. Well, this was enough to start a storm of theories from the Qs who were just waiting to jump onto something. They said that it was a secret sign that big things were about to happen. (laughs) In a post entitled, Joe Biden Bitten by Cicada, comms. He turns into Cicada next week. (laughs) Uh, They attempted to link the incident to QAnon conspiracy theories. Uh, One person said, just so happens that Cicada nymphs emerge after a 17-year-old childhood underground. What? Child underground 17? Like, what is, this is crazy. The post is referring to the fact that Q is the 17th letter of the alphabet. And the core QAnon belief is that Democrats, including Biden, are pedophiles operating an underground sex trafficking ring. Um, that post has been viewed over 23,000 times, by the way, and shared by a bunch of people. Uh, a lot of people, other people pushed back against the theory. One person pointed out that the plane carrying the White House press corps to Europe had been delayed due to a swarm of cicadas, while others pointed out that with Biden leaving the country, guess what? It could be a sign that former President Trump is returning and mass arrests of Democrats could be about to happen. You know, I, I've always thought growing up that uh, cicadas were like a sign of like a plague or the apocalypse. Yeah. So maybe they're right. It could be the return of Donald Trump who could in turn be the Antichrist and who could turn be the end of the world. Yes, you're so right. I might be able to hop on this, this QAnon train for them. Don't they come back every 17 years? Yep. That's an apocalypse every 17 years. Just hold on. It's a wild ride in this life. OMG. Well, uh, let us know what you think. At LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. But coming up on the show, a survey that reveals the number of adults who aren't straight. It's in for pride. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Where do they go 17 years? Like, do they go sleep? Underground. Yeah. Remember, we had a whole story about it. Oh, okay. Bye. (laughs) Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
Coming up on this hour of Let's Go There, pop star Zara Larson joins us in 15 minutes. A little highlight from her interview she did with Channel Q. Plus, we'll be telling you more about the ultimate throwback pop group reunion that's happening just in time for Pride. That's in the T-Report in a moment with Ryan. What am I talking about? What'd you say? Throwback pop group reunion. Oh, okay. Good guys. You know, I just got double check shares. You know, she'd be telling my I, business yeah, not, too soon. I'm not giving up too much. <laughs> but first, let's get into some what's trending That's this new for hour. You, huh? Not giving up too much. <laughs> Baby steps. First lady Jill Biden shared her thoughts on President Biden's upcoming meeting with Vladimir Putin. Dr. Jill Biden. Oh, yes. If she's nasty. You know, like Here's Jay this. Jackson. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever. He's been studying for weeks, um, you know, working up to today. Of course, he knows most of the leaders that will be here. And um, Joe (laughs) loves foreign policy. This is his forte. So uh, I think the meetings are going to be great. Oh, my gosh. He's he's over prepared. Do you think she makes cookies? She is so cute. I mean, she she actually looks very pretty. Like, very. (laughs) No, I. I'm well, amazed. You say, She's like very beautiful. When you say, well, she actually looks, act, that actually part is the shady part. Sorry, like, because I, I always felt she was more of, yeah, like the older aunt type vibe. Because she is older and they're, I mean, Joe Biden is an old guy and they're an older couple. But I saw her but in these interviews. she always has been gorgeous. But... I saw her in these interviews. I'm like, she's kind of sexy. I was like, actually surprised. Oh, no. You're Has going like a sex. I don't even. I don't know <laughs> where we're like going. Beautiful, in this sexy. Car. Anyway, but I would like also, to get out. She also wore um, this jacket that said "Love" embroidered on her upper back to meet with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Uh, she said her and President Biden were bringing love from America. And many are pointing out that this is a bit of a clapback to former First Lady Melania Trump's jacket saying, I don't care to you, that she wore during a 2018 visit to children separated from their parents at the U.S. border. So we're in a different era of love. Wow. That 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 headline really took me places that I just had went no everywhere. clue <laughs> that it was going to No, I there. actually was surprised. I was like watching her. I was like, she's a beautiful woman. Anyway. An increasing number of young adults identify as non-heterosexual and non-cisgender, according to a new global survey from Ipsos. The results released Wednesday are based on internet surveys of more than 19,000 people in 27 countries ages 16 or 18 to 74. Respondents in Generation Z, which includes people born after 1997, were nearly four times as likely than those over 40 to identify as transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming, gender fluid, or in another way. I'm sorry. I just feel like they should have made Gen Z like up to like 93. Like to where I am. Because I honestly feel like a cusp of like millennial Well, that is. You are a cusp. Just like I'm a cusp. Like I'll always have a foot in like old school mode and new school. And then you'll also have a foot in like old school and new school too. We're the transition points of our generations. Wow. I'm putting that in my bio. (laughs) The transition point of generations. Convergence. And finally, the Florida State Board of Education unanimously voted to ban teaching ideas related to critical race theory today, making it one of the largest school systems to fall in line with conservative efforts across the nation to regulate classroom instruction of American history. Several groups, though, including the Florida Education Association, a union which represents teachers across Florida, opposed the rule change, saying that it would do a greater disservice to students to cover up history. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? So after leaving fans hanging for years, all five Spice Girls, um, including Victoria Beckham, have finally reunited to show their unified support for the LGBTQ plus community. It is time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So as we know, Victoria Beckham has been hesitant about reuniting with the Spice Girls because of her wanting to just focus on her fashion line. Well, this time she is the reason why the girl group is getting back together uh, for a little cute little pride collection that Beckham created uh, with the mission to donate 100% of the proceeds to AKT. Um, It's a charity which supports LGBTQ plus people, uh, young people aged 16 to 25 in the UK who are facing or experiencing homelessness or living in a hostile environment. This digital reunion posted on Instagram featured all of the girls um, and uh, they were basically like 
sporting their LGBTQ merchandise while the, um, you know, my favorite tune, uh, Wannabe, cranks in the background. Basically, she wrote on Instagram that Pride to me is a celebration of being completely yourself, and this year's t-shirt is a reminder of that. The really championed um, accepting yourself and others, being kind, having fun, and just living your best life. And to be honest, I feel like when I think of like girl groups, especially when I was younger, who I felt like were our like queer icons, it's most definitely the Spice Girls. They were great. That was my era. Era. I definitely like. I saw some of the movies. Yeah. I the, love I mean, them. That's my, I love that movie, Spice Girls. I think it's like what Spice Girls World or something like that. I think is the name of the movie. I was fascinated by them. They're they're incredible. I I'm, I miss groups like that. But um, I'm super happy that they had like a fun Pride related reunion. Maybe Victoria will hop back on tour with them if they ever go back on tour. We'll see. We'll have to all just cross our fingers and wait. Head over to WeirdChannelQ.com to find out more about this story and the other ones I've covered so far. And of course, keep the conversation going at LGT Show. That's it for me. Until next hour. Okay, well, pop star Zara Larson stopped by Channel Q to share more about what Pride means to her and also talk about her music, performances coming up. So stick around for that right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we are back, and in celebration of Pride, Zara Larson spoke to the Morning Beats. Yes, and I'm so excited and kind of jealous, mm-hmm. um, but happy that they did such a wonderful interview with her. Seriously, it's perfect. Well, you just got to slide into our DMs because you two follow each other on Instagram. No, it's true. She's my, the first celebrity that ever followed me on Insta. Um, well, actually, I'm, no, I'm I was the first celebrity. Wow. <laughs> I guess that's true as well. Uh, you know, I always just have to keep a white woman handy for me. <laughs> well, uh, here's Zara talking about how she supports the community and how they inspire her performance and music with the morning bee on channel q when you use your platform we're so thankful because you have such a large platform and as an, an ally that's great but why is it important to also have queer representation on the radio and other media as well i think you know you want to see yourself and not you know i think i again have been very you know, lucky growing up because I see myself a lot in media, in TV shows, in music. Like, I'm quite um, privileged in that way. Like, I am white. I am hetero. Like, I'm cis. And for people, I think you forget very easily that for a lot of people, they don't see themselves. And then you might think, do I even exist? Like, is my, you know, am I am I valid? Or like, are my feelings really like, hello, where am I? If you don't see yourself, how are you gonna, you know, it's like Kamala Harris being the vice president. Imagine how many young girls of color are going to grow up and see her in that position and think that could be me. You know, I think representation is matter because you, you want to see yourself in, uh, in every position. Absolutely. You know, I think here in the United States, it's interesting because since we've had marriage equality, since it's become become legal here, um, Mm. some people feel like, well, you guys got everything. The gays, (laughs) you got it all. So just stop complaining. Um, But celebrating pride wasn't just about a march towards marriage equality. There are so many other things, workplace discrimination, uh, hate crimes, just discrimination Mm. in general. Um, So why, what would you say to people who think you might be saying, okay, it's time to let pride go. We don't need it anymore. You got the marriage. People thing. say that for everything. Yeah. I promise you, like people back in like ancient Egypt were probably like, we're good. Like, why are you complaining? <laughs> you know, I think yeah. in every single era, you're going to have people who are like, well, I had it worse in my days or like, well, at least it's bad, but there's always room for improvement. And that's the thing with, with every I think for a lot of things in society um people say you know no we're good like women could vote or like gay people could get married but like you're saying there's a lot more under that that it's it's not equal and uh that's why I still feel like we do need pride still and even if it was completely equal like let's play with the thought it's completely equal for everybody Let's still have pride just to remember 
all yeah. the things that uh, a lot of people before us had to gone through and what they did and the fact that we're here now. So it's both a celebration, but also a reminder that there's a long way to go, but also we have come a long way, but there's still more work to do. Mm. How <laughs> has the LGBTQ plus community influenced you as an artist? You know, the way that you compose music or the way that you perform, the way that you costume, mm -hmm. hair, makeup, all of it. A uh, lot. How have you been influenced? Yeah? A lot. Absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, I have, I've, you know, in my life now, like I work not only as friends, but like professionally with so many people in the LGBTQ community. And um, also my biggest inspiration for like my whole performance is like, I love drag queens. I just love the the show i love the glitter i love the glamour mm. i love the puff like it's like a show you know they're giving they're telling a story they are um they are not here to make you fall asleep you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like it's it's just that whole like show that i'm just in awe of and i love the people you know it, it takes for a lot of people it takes a lot of bravery because it's it's not always easy to just be yourself in this world and that really is very ins ins inspiring is that a word yeah inspirational yeah, it's, it's very inspiring yeah. it's very it's inspiring both. <laughs> um to just go out it doesn't even have to be on stage like every day could be a stage just walking out of your door and like living life to the fullest and being your true self inspiration this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So there's a new story that's viral on TikTok. I mean, every moment there seems to be a story. And we cover it right here on Let's Go There, at least the relevant ones. I wish we didn't, though. But this one's actually really fascinating. All so right. uh, this TikToker, Drew B. Doobie Doo. <laughs> quite the name, shared a TikTok video to let this person, Marissa, a woman in New York, know that her friends were specifically making plans without her. He literally just overheard it. He posted it to TikTok. Here's the video, and I'm going to tell you what happened next. I hate to be the one to stick my nose where it doesn't belong, but if your name's Marissa, please listen up. I just walked by your friends, and I need to tell you that the weekend you're away is not the only time that they could do their birthday party. They are choosing to do it the weekend you're away, and you need to know. TikTok, help me find Marissa. So just from that video, somehow this Marissa was found. I don't even know if this was planned, but no, it actually, this video got sent to the Marissa, and finally she did respond on her own TikTok. That video's gotten a ton of views, and she basically said that, yeah, I'm that person. My friends didn't want to reschedule the birthday party while I was out of town. Um, and they, she found out why, according to BuzzFeed, they wanted the boys at the party to be interested in them and not me. I think that's a terrible reason to not invite someone. They have yet to apologize or even reach out to me about any of this. I've decided to part ways with them and take my positivity elsewhere to create more loyal and amazing friendships. Well, let me tell you, she's done just that, Ryan. She has created, because uh, everyone creates that, something out of anything these days, okay. Marissa's Friend Club. An Instagram account with the handle No More Lonely Friends, which connects people who have bad friends and organize meetups. So she shared in another TikTok that she would have her first meetup and that her first meetup brought together 160 people. Oh, wow. That's actually really intense. Isn't that interesting? I mean, that's fascinating. All this from a bunch of friends gossiping. This is why I'm telling you, real people, it's like we could all be each other's paparazzi now. You don't need to be a celebrity and have paparazzi telling your gossip. You can have regular people overhearing you. <sighs> you know what this story reminds me of? What? Um, I dated a Marissa in seventh grade. Oh, this is triggering. No, it was the last day of school right before summer break. I broke up with her because I didn't want to have to see her during the summer because I was scared of dating a girl. Mm. 
Oh. Yeah. So, All right. Thanks for the bad memories. Okay. Well, you know, good on you for moving on. And uh, good on this for us also for moving on to great things. <laughs> Coming up on the show, why you don't need to worry about prices increasing, according to analysts. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour of the show, how to make sure you have eco-friendly houseplants. I didn't even know that you needed to think about that because I thought they were just plants. So, but it's not that simple. That is right after what's turning this hour. Plus, I'm excited for this conversation. Sex toys for people with disabilities. That's in 30 minutes right here on Channel Q on the show. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin returned to CNN today. It's his first appearance since he exposed himself during a Zoom call with former colleagues at The New Yorker in October. And here he is with Allison Camarota on CNN Newsroom. To quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't thinking very well or very much. And um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I think one point, I, I wouldn't exactly say in my defense, because nothing is really in my defense. I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You so, thought that you had turned off your camera? Correct. I thought that I had turned off. Now, that's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and indefensible. But, I mean, that, that, is, part of, that, that is part of the story. <laughs> you know, when she introduced this, it was like oh, she, I felt, was cringing that she even had to do this story and interview him. It's just so awkward, to be honest. But Yeah, but sometimes you got to get to the handy of it all. Yeah, oh, totally. But, you know, she was, like, telling a colleague, you're like, so uh, you haven't been here because you, um, you, you, you masturbated on a Zoom. And, uh, yeah, have you done anything on a Zoom that, like, wouldn't be appropriate? No, uh, I don't think so. At all? I guess a work Zoom, like, that's a bit. But- yeah, uh, most of my time on Zoom was with you. Oh, okay. Well, so-, so, like, the thing is, I've, like... I've taken my Zoom camera off for an audio, and like, I feel like the, Are you about to admit not. I haven't right been now? alone. I haven't done things to myself, but like, my boyfriend has like come up to me when I'm like on a Zoom, and he's like, "Oh yeah," like you know, it's like when you're on a call and your your significant other's there, and they're like trying to joke around with you. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honest. Am I the only one? Come on. I haven't been, but the thing is, though, yeah, it's sketchy because you could get caught. Well, I, you know, I understand the appeal of it, but I'm just too scared for anything. To well, I, I make like sure Jeffrey that t- you know. No, of course, I make sure like the you know, but it's not like I do this all the time. But I meaning, I think. What were you discussing on the call while you were? Were you like in? No, it's nothing. It, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this guy, well, Tubin, was fired from the New Yorker after that. You that information up, and now I'm really interested. Like, what call was well, it? Well, we go there. No, I mean, I think in, in a year of Zoom calls, like... No one's judging. I'm not judging. I feel the judgment now. No, you should feel no, the judgment. No, listen, in a year of Zoom calls, I don't I know. Just, I, feel I wasn't like, expecting you to admit that over the I airways. feel like, well, I'm real. But, yeah. um, be, like, there was, even the other week, like, we, we were hosting, there's this this uh, wellness thing I do, and, like, I was um, just participating, and then he came, like, at the end of the thing, or and there was still a part of it that was Emphasis happening. Emphasis on King. He came over. <laughs> anyway. I, well, let us know at LGT show on social media because I'm not saying this is appropriate oh, what he did and it's very triggering to some people including <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm more uh, we didn't even get to the other headlines but I'll be getting to some of those wow. in the next hour what's trending this hour oh, what's happening goodness. in entertainment news Ryan wow <laughs> how you doing <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? Okay, next hour I'm gonna do we my tea even report because I, I think we that need was the tea. That tea. my tea was the tea. I, think we just, I can't. We coming up. Are your house plants eco friendly? How to make sure your indoor plants are good for the planet? That- Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
Now, coming up in 15 minutes on the show, we're talking to a company making sex toys for people with disabilities. But first, let's talk about houseplants. Let me tell you, houseplants are now a nearly $2 billion industry, which is growing very quickly. And according to the National Gardening Survey, the average gardener is also younger and more diverse than ever before. So that's all great, right? But just because you surround yourself by greenery does not make you an eco-friendly person, okay? Okay. So here to share more uh, is Christopher, and he's the New York City plant doctor at Botanic Tonic on Instagram. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, you are heard. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. So why is being a plant person not necessarily eco-friendly? Yeah, like you think of plants and you think of like, oh, I'm growing plants, I'm being eco-friendly, but that's not necessarily the case. And that's because um, many plants are sold. They are um, shipped over great distances, so that costs a lot of gas and fuel um, per weight of the plant. There's also um, what they're planted in. Most plants are planted in peat, uh, which which is the main ingredient in most gardening soils or indoor house plant soils. And uh, peat is not very sustainable. It is... Uh, actually a huge carbon sink and so whenever we pull peat out of peat bogs it is actually pretty environmentally destructive so um, those are two of the biggest reasons why plants are or at least house plants are not that as sustainable as people might think they are i mean interesting aren't fake are fake plants sustainable you know those are my favorite I mean, they're sustainable in the sense that um, you don't have to take care of fake plants, but they're plastic, and plastic is probably worse for the environment than anything I've just mentioned. So actually, a live plant is better than a plastic plant, but uh, a live plant is uh, not necessarily the best. But that doesn't mean that you can't make house plants and indoor gardening um, sustainable. There are sustainable ways to grow your house plants. The bugs that they bring in, though. I'm I mean, sorry. Not all like, of them bringing bugs. Yeah, if you go to like Home Depot and, and they've been sitting out there for a while, you take those bugs home. My thing is, what? Can I go to paper plants? Can I just get someone to paper mache me some plants or something? I don't know. It defeats the purpose of having the plants. It's not, supposed to give off some cool natural vibes. <laughs> Mother Earth, baby. Child, Mother Earth can stay outside. So, Christopher, <laughs> what can folks do to make sure? that we're not contributing to the problem? Like, yeah, how do you do an eco-friendly plant or a garden? I mean, there's, there's many ways you can go about it. Um, one of the things I always highly, highly recommend is if you're going to order plants, order seeds. Definitely order seeds because they're super lightweight, they're easy to ship, they are sustain- they're sustainably harvested. And you know that if you're buying seeds, a grower has had to grow those seeds. They're not like any poached plants from the wild. They're seeds from cultivated plants. So seeds is one way. In terms of uh, planters and pots, always go for terracotta. If you want to be super eco-friendly, terracotta is just plain terracotta is the best. Ceramics are the next best because terracotta is literally clay. And if you throw out clay, it's just putting the earth back on the earth. So, you know, totally not a big deal at all. Totally like zero carbon emissions or pretty close to zero carbon emissions anyway. Um, Another great way is to use compost instead of uh, potting mix. So you can go down um, a lot of cities and a lot of uh, even suburbs and rural rural areas have uh, compost areas where you can pick up compost for free and you can use that in your planters and containers. Um, Another way to be sustainable is to shop locally. You definitely want to make sure that... um, You know, if you go down the street to buy a plant, it's fewer carbon emissions than if you um, ordered a plant online. But, you know, there are some times where you totally want something online. Like, I know I'm an orchid collector, and orchids are very difficult to get to grow from seeds. So, yeah, sometimes you do order those plants that are live. But I make sure that I order seedlings of orchids so that they're nice and small. Uh, And I can grow them. I have the fun of growing them out. Yeah, wait. um, One, how many orchids do you have to be an orchid collector at once? I have over 200 orchids in my apartment in my New York City apartment. Wait, could you have pictures on your Instagram? Do you have a big enough place for that? Or are you just living? (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know, New York apartments are are small. That's a lot. they, They really are. And I use like, well, you know, when you're a New Yorker, you got to be clever. You got to you got to use shelves, um, special placements, uh, things like that. I hang some of my plants, too. So any way I can get the most out of my windows and uh, 
shelves, carts, things like that. That's how I stack all of my plants. But a lot of the orchids I collect are actually pretty small. So yeah. it's not like I have 200 huge plants. I have like 200, you know, mostly on Mini. the small size plants. What do you do if you want, like, you know, it's hard to have a seed, like grow an actual bigger plant if you want it to like fill certain areas. So I right. mean, like, what do you do for that? Well, it depends on what you're growing, right? If, if you want something like super big, super fast, you might want to just end up going down to your local garden center and okay. just buying something that's big. Um, but if you do have patience and you are, you know, willing to cultivate and nurture and wait, um, you can grow whatever you want indoors. They sell lots of seeds. They even have, um, years ago, they never used to have this, but now they have special seeds marked for containers and marked for indoors. So you can grow quite a few things indoors that you never used to be able to. Amazing. You know, I want a man to look at me the way that you look at your plants. <laughs> it's very exciting. I've never experienced love like that. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was Christopher Satch, New York City plant doctor. Follow him on, on Instagram at Botanic Tonic. <laughs> now wow. coming up on the show, more on a company that wants to make sex toys more accessible for people with disabilities. That's next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast let's go there with shira and ryan channel q sex tech is making sex toys more accessible and one of the companies leading the way is handy and joining us right now is andrew garza chief disability officer at handy and heather morrison innovation strategist at handy thanks for being here thanks so much Thank for having us yes so uh first andrew uh, what is sex tech exactly well sex tech is technology we use to have better sex yes like vibrators like and things like that it can also be beyond um the traditional sex toys that you might think of it could be any any use of sex of technology that leverages into the sexual health and wellness space um so it can also include things like um, informational apps sex education that leverages technology so really the convergence between um sexuality and sexual health and wellness um, which we know is becoming more important in the in society today, more accepted, um, and and technology in any way. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, um, uh, like about you all story and how Handy came together, uh, Heather. One, y'all are siblings, and I thought it was really interesting. How did sex pop up and masturbation pop up between you two to make lead you to start this sex toy company that feels really important right now? Yeah, totally. I like it's it definitely it's not like we were some, you know, different um brother and sister who just sat around all the time and talked about our masturbatory habits. <laughs> we definitely didn't. Um but because of the work that Andrew does in the space, so for the last decade Andrew's been doing um important work in and around um sex and disability activism and he did a documentary a couple of years ago um called Picture This, in which he talked quite a bit about his dating and relationship and sex life 
Um, and through watching that, one of the things he talked about was the fact that he had been able to masturbate when he was younger and that that's something that as he grew older and his muscles um, atrophied, it became harder for him to um, be able to access that. And I hadn't, until watching that, I really hadn't realized that. And I think I was really lucky because it gave me a really big light bulb moment. Um, and we talk, when we talk to people about it today and we say, you know, there's a lot of people that because of one form of disability or another may not be able to access their human rights to sexual pleasure, may not be able to masturbate. Um, we get to give that like, same light bulb moment to people who may not have that lived experience. Um, and as soon as he gave me that light bulb moment, it was just so incredibly clear that there needed to be a resolve. And I just, I personally just couldn't believe that there hadn't been companies in the space already making waves in this. Um, and so that was kind of it. I was kind of off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Andrew, tell us more about Handy and what it's all what it's all about and what you're doing. Sure. Sure. Well, our the goal of our company is to put pleasure within reach for people with disabilities and to really to not only build a product around around sex and disability like like our upcoming product, but also to have conversations that we're not having around sex and disability and talk about how sex and disability feels. But we're really excited about our product because it's one of a kind. It's something that's going to revolutionize uh, sex tech and really disability in the sexuality space. Yeah, Andrew, could you talk a little bit about, you know, obviously sexuality is already kind of taboo. And could you talk about that extra layer that is added onto that when it comes to people with disabilities? And how do you navigate um, having those conversations, whether it be with, you know, occupational therapist or um, kind of getting rid of those, you know, ableist stigmas and uh, misconceptions about sexuality? Yeah, sure. I think, I think, I mean, we have to recognize that sexuality is taboo and disability has also been taboo for thousands and thousands of years. So when you put the two together, it's like, oh my goodness, wow, we can't talk about that. So I think it's really, most people are unaware of these things. Most people need to have the light bulb moments, like Heather said. So I think it's just really navigating the fact that it's an uncomfortable conversation, but that's okay. There are ways to make it comfy and easy when you're doing this. OTs and PTs, I think if you're the OT or the PT, I think you should talk about your client's sexual health from the very first intake meeting you have with them to really dissipate any fear or any discomfort to say, hey, so we talked about your overall health. Now I want to make sure how is your sexual health doing? How are you doing about that? Is there anything you want to tell me or anything you'd like to share so that the client knows that they can bring that up? But I think generally we're just Many of us are unaware because many of us don't live with disability. So until you're affected by somebody in your family or in your own life, sex and disability is not something you think of. So my job as a disability consultant is to really bring that those experiences to the forefront and just get people thinking about sex and disabilities a little bit more. Okay, yeah, so we... I think Andrew brings up a good point uh-huh. in that just because we don't live with a disability today, um, there's a, every good chance that we will, we know, none of us knows what tomorrow holds, but also as we age, we increase in terms of our um, percentage of disability. So there's a really good chance that we'll all sort of experience some form of disability as we grow older. And so, I mean, I've said before, this is a completely selfless endeavor in that I want to make sure that there's toys and aids and the conversations have been had and it's less taboo when I hit my 80s or 90s. I want to know that there's a whole range of toys if my hands get out on me that I can turn to um, and use for my own sexual pleasure when I'm, when I'm older. Yeah, and I, I think y'all are bringing up so many important things, and we want to keep this conversation going because we want to know more about the products, and then, of course, we want to talk mm-hmm. more about the intersectionality of being queer and disabled in this community because, honey, let's let's shake the table a little bit. It's Pride Month, so let's go there. On Let's Go There. We'll be right back. <laughs> let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Handy is a company that's making sex toys more accessible. And joining us right now is Andrew Gerza, Chief Disability Officer again, and Heather Morrison, Innovation Strategist at Handy as we continue to dive into this amazing product. Yeah, all the way from Toronto and Australia. Wow, I'm so happy we don't have to pay those long-distance calls. Um, (laughs) So, Heather, talk to us a little bit about the Handy product and what you all are offering. Yeah, cool. So we are in the final phases of development on our first product, which is called the Handy Joystick. 
pun massively intended. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> essentially, it, 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 so you kind of visualize it. it. It's kind of like if you if a um, foam roller and a body pillow had a love child. Um, mm. So it's quite large. And the reason that it's large um, is because it actually allows you to transfer. So the biggest barrier for people with disabilities being able to access self-pleasure, but also be able to access the toys on the market is hand barriers. So anything from reach and dexterity, fine motor skills, pain, arthritis, et cetera, all of these things sort of decrease your ability to masturbate um, or to be able to fully um, finish if you are able to masturbate. Um, and all of the toys on the market currently are created with the um, belief and the expectation that you'd be able to, um, to use your hands um, fully. And so the reason that it's so big is it actually allows us to transfer the reliance on um, from fine motor skills in your hands and allows you to get the rest of your body involved. So you can use your torso, your legs, and your upper arms to kind of wrap yourself around it and also gives you a really, like, lovely, cuddable, cuddly, like, huggable nature of it, which mm. is really, really important from an intimacy standpoint. Oh, um, the that. middle section is fit with um, a vibrator and a sleeve, but the vibrators and the sleeves are also incredibly accessible. So the um, they're Bluetooth-enabled and they have big um, control panels that you can actually move around the product. So depending on where it's going to be most in reach for you and where it's going to be best for you to be able to control that toy, um, that's where you can place the control panel versus having to reach down or try and play with small fiddly buttons. Suddenly you actually have a lot more control in terms of where you control that joystick from um, and that vibrator or that sleeve from. Wow. Um, but I think one of the other great great things that yeah. we've learned is that a lot of people um, have have actually invested in sex toys before, thinking that they would they would be able to use them. Realized after they tried a few times that they couldn't quite use them, and they actually have like drawers full of toys. Um, and so the the way that we've designed this toy is for that middle section. You can use our toys if you want, the ones that have the accessible um, controllers and that are Bluetooth enabled. Or you can use, um, it's also designed to be a holster for, for some of the sex toys that you've already owned, some of those dildos and wands that you might have but you can't use. And therefore, we're able to actually breathe new life into that dusty drawer that maybe isn't getting as much attention, but you've already spent spent the money on. That's oh amazing. Ma- great work. Well, a- and just as we wrap things up, Andrew, just perfect way to end things. Um, let's talk about just the intersection of being queer and disabled and how you bring this perspective to the work that you're doing in your community. Sure. I mean, that's such a loaded question. Do you have five more hours? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. The, the, the way that I do that, I mean, I, I'm very unapologetically queer and I'm unapologetically disabled and both of those things I talk about sexuality in a raw, funny, honest way in those communities because as somebody who identifies as a, a cis male, you know, the cis male queer community is not very welcoming to disabled people. So I've constantly had to um, advocate for myself and make myself seen and say I'm, I'm here too and I deserve a space here. So I have spent the last decade just carving out a space for myself and saying, I'm not going to wait for you to give me this. I'm going to do it myself. You know, I think that's absolutely beautiful and stunning that you're not only doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for a a, a community that continues to either be ignored or erased altogether. And um, I I think this is so wonderful. And I feel like honored that we got to to chat with you both tonight. So thank you so much for joining us. Amazing. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope to have you back. Now, uh, that was Andrew Groza, Chief Disability Officer at Handy, and Heather Morrison, Innovation Strategist at Handy. For more, go to their website. That's handywithanei.co. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Now, uh, this person is definitely going to the good place. A high school senior headed to Harvard University has asked that a $40,000 scholarship she earned be given instead to a student attending community college. What a good person. Um, and Verda Tete from Fitchburg High School in Massachusetts know how, knows how a community college can change someone's life. Her mom attended one at 39. Now, she plans on majoring in chemistry and following a pre-med track at Harvard. How about that? And so she turned down that money while accepting the school's General Excellence Award on June 4th. She said, I'm so grateful for this, but I also know that I'm not the one who needs this the most. And knowing my mom went to community college and how much that was helpful, I'd be grateful if administration would consider giving the General Excellence Scholarship to someone who's going to community college. Mm -hmm. That's 
amazing. And of course, she got a standing ovation for that. And now uh, I wonder if everyone getting scholarships, you know, I, I think some people obviously need it. And there might be some people who are privileged that, you know, it's it's just it's good that they got it, but it could perhaps be given to someone else, right? Um, yeah, I mean, stories like these make me conflicted because uh, it's one of those things where if people want to go to school, if they are privileged or not, they should be able to. And giving away scholarship funds is a beautiful thing. I'm happy that this high school senior realized her own privilege and was like, I can still make this work regardless of this money. That's a beautiful thing. Um but also, she shouldn't have to do that because everyone should be able to have the opportunity to go to whatever school they want to go to, community or not. Hey, you said it. Hopefully in the future. Maybe our kids' generation. But uh, that was our Yes Queen of the day. Yes Queen. And we love to hear from you. Nominate someone for our Yes Queen or recommend a story that we should cover on the show at LGT Shows where you can find us on social media. But coming up tomorrow, uh, San Francisco is showing up for the trans community with a monthly pay program that they are possibly implementing. So we're going to tell you more about that. And we're also going to talk about what workplace harassment looks like when you're remote working, because that is something I actually, I guess, didn't think of, but it still happens whether you're, you're in person or remote. That is on tomorrow's show. We are live here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, always weekdays on Channel Q. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, a reminder that we post everything as a podcast. So just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's covering coping with burnouts. Yes, that's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.